Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and YouTube channel. Listen, make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. Damn, damn, damn. True Underdog. Damn, damn, Unleash damn. the power Jason Waller here, true underdog podcast, underdogs out there. I have got a show for you. Bam! I'm talking excitement, inspiration, motivation. We have got an entrepreneur, women in power, free thinker, business coach, author, speaker, and TV commentator, Allie Brown. How are you doing? I'm good. Can you send over your energy drink or whatever you're on? Because I need that right now. Oh, well, like, I, usually it's water, but then I do amino okay, do you energy. Like a bam energy drink? I would buy Bam. It. I got to create one. We should, we should find a way. Bam. <laughs> a little, energy little drink. Yeah. Keep in uh, your yeah. purse. You know, yeah. I've converted from normal energy drinks to coffee and then I keep flipping back and forth. I don't know which one does better. I'm still struggling to figure that out. What about you? What do you prefer? I can sneak the shots in my purse. And I even did them when I was pregnant, which is terrible. But like, because when I was dragging through some meetings, so my kids have a lot of energy though. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about kids. You have <laughs> twins. So that, that's juggling, right? That's tough. It's been quite a year too, because I'll tell you, you just we we just woke up to a lot of things about parenting, the world, everything, and the the kids are um, the kids are amazing because they help you realize what's what's really important and uh, get focused. Well, thinking of and talking about childhood, Ali, it's an honor to have you on the show. I appreciate it. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. You're a proud native of Connecticut. Talk about where it all started at your childhood. Go. Yeah, I grew up in a, a small town called Monroe. It's probably not that small anymore, but you know, I, I had a good childhood. I'm, I'm not going to hide that. I had a you know nice family, nice upbringing. I think I started going bazonkers at like high school. And looking back, I think the reason I um, was just getting so restless. Looking back now, I realize I was bored. I couldn't see it at the time. And back then, there weren't other options for you know entrepreneurial kids or super creative kids. You were at your public school. And you were in the box. And looking back now, I'm just like, oh, wow, I wonder if I'd had the chance to start a business or someone said, listen, I can tell you're restless. Let's get you in this other program where you're using your creativity. But, you know, instead I, I partied. I knew I knew how to play the game, though. I still made honor roll and, and did all that. And but I kept thinking, God, I can't wait to get out of here. And then I get out. Right. And I go to school in Boston and and I get out into the real world. And then I'm thinking, I can't wait to get out of here. Is this it? Like, is this what it is? I wanted the corner office. I thought I wanted this, uh, you know, fancy job. I remember watching this movie, you know, those, those 80s business movies with the high rises in New York and, and everyone was dressed cool. And I'm like, oh, I, I want that. And so, you know, I got into my first job and then second job and then third job and then fourth job. And, and I always did a good, I did a good job. I liked, you know, being around people and I always did my best, but I was, I was just going crazy. I had no idea what was wrong with me. The last job I was in though, was, uh, gosh, about 1998, I would say I was working at this little ad agency in New York and I loved this place because the owners were out all the time and I got to kind of like run the company. And here I was at the time, I don't know, 25 ish. I'm not gonna do the math right now, but at that, I mean, I got to do everything from the client would call, say, look, um, we didn't get the ad on time. I would jump on the computer and figure it out and then call the owner and then figure that. Like, I, I actually loved that. I loved that. And um, had my bit of awakening working for myself when there was a freelancer that they hired that came in and out in his own schedule. He made, I, I found out made more money than I did. And, and I knew I was smarter. 
And this guy was really nice. So I said, listen, Eric, can I, can I buy a cup of Dunkin', right? It's where we go across the street in New York. And I said, how do you do this? How do you work for yourself, but still work for agencies? Because I like the agencies, but I don't want to work here and sit in this cube all day. And, and I'd, I'd love to do what you do. And he said, you should freelance. You could probably do that because you're, you're a decent writer and, and now you have experience. And there's all these agencies that could use copywriters and they usually don't have them full-time on staff. And I was like, great. So four weeks later, I was gone. I didn't tell my parents. I found a part-time job to hang to tie me over, which was proofreading at a crime news site. It's gone now. So I was editing things like, and trying to figure out if decapitated was one word or two words. It was horrible, but it paid 500 bucks a week and that got me through. And I started getting uh, little projects, communications jobs, like brochures, newsletters, and the web was just coming out. And so if, if you even just said, I know how to write websites, they're like, you get in here. And you could get a project. And it was such an exciting time. I really, I almost missed that naivete. I don't know about you, but sometimes that, that time in your life where you didn't know how hard things were going to be, but you were just so excited to do something new and different. And you knew it was in the right direction. I mean, that's how it all began way going way back. Well, you mentioned, you know, 1998 and what is the significance of $18 and 56 cents? Yeah, that was it's very interesting because this is a story I used to tell and share. And then I stopped for a while because I'm like, well, that was embarrassing. And so many people then would come up to me and say, can you share that story? Oh, you didn't tell the story because they need to hear it. So I'm glad that you did too. And um, there was, you know, as during that time when I was going out and trying to get the gigs, you know, it's feast or famine. If you know, if you work for yourself the first year or two, it's really, you know, there's some months you're like, wow, I can do this other months that no one's calling you back. Things that were supposed to happen were canceled the rent is due. And there was one night, I remember this was just like the most embarrassing moment. I went to take out a $20 bill from an ATM where I lived in the West Village and I couldn't. And I mean, I know how, but I did not have the money. 1856 was my balance. And I remember just standing there going, okay, I have two choices right now because this is where everyone stops. And I could stop or I could take a deep breath I can go back and eat some ramen noodles for dinner and figure this out because, um, and I think sometimes pride's a good thing because I did not want to go home to the folks. I did not want to admit I'd failed. I did not want those people at work going, what are you doing? Like, you can't just start your own business. I'm like, well, I just did. I didn't want them to see what, the, what happened. And so I kept going and that was a real, real turning point for me. And it's something that I still have to go back to occasionally because and you would know this, Jason, being the level entrepreneur you are, it's still the same game sometimes. There's just more zeros. It's like, how much do you bet? How much do you bet on yourself? And even at this time in my career, you know, as we get older as, as well, there's more to lose. The decisions have bigger weight to them when you have families and team. But at that moment, I knew that that, that was the right decision. No, you're right. It's it's never all sunshine and rainbows. You know, we have to overcome adversity. In 2015, you experienced an internal shift that significantly impacted your business and team. One of the biggest challenges you've encountered to date. Talk about that difficult time. Yeah. And this was a different, like a totally different difficult time, right? So in um, flashback to get a little context. So in between also, I did a show. So I, I hit this like peak. I'd, I'd say, I don't want to say I've peaked yet, but I mean, like, like, probably like 2009, 10, there was awards coming. Like we were chatting, pre doing a pre-chat about like EY, great community to be involved in. Like 
Inc. 500, bam, 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 all this stuff, really great. And I was getting this cliched feeling that there was still something else. You know, you're checking off all the goals in the box and everything is fantastic. And I'm helping a lot of people, everyone's happy. But I knew there was something else coming. And there was a show I did um, at the time that I said yes to called Secret Millionaire. And this was a turning point leading to that, if I may, that where I was asked to be on this primetime ABC show. And, and the story involves they take a successful person out of their environment and they put them into some hard, you know, living and emotional situations, a lot of volunteering. And we give away a hundred grand to uh, some really worthy causes. And I said, yes. And I had to say yes to this, knowing that the show might not even air. I had to give away the money and sign contracts, knowing that this might not even happen. When I said yes to this, I had to know that I was doing it for myself. And I did it because I knew it would shake me up, like the GPS on your phone. When it gets disordered, you got to shake it up. And I, I needed that. And so just a quick lesson for all of you listening, you know, by the way, 2020 was your shakeup. We could talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. If you needed a shake and that was it. Like if you hadn't gotten to it by now. And I came back and just had this revelation that if you, you could still watch the show, by the way, on Hulu, and I think it's on Amazon. At the end of the show, they'll, they'll show me going into my big house at the beach at LA and closing the door. What they don't show is me falling on the floor and, and crying and just saying to God, you know, just, I, I'm ready now. You use me, help me. What am I really supposed to be doing here? You know, I, I don't want my epitaph to say online influencer. What is this really about? And, um, that's where I started listening more and tuning in more. And I started dismantling things that leads to the, the 2015 question you had. I just, if something wasn't like lighten me up anymore, or it was going to take too much work, I would just clean it out, parse it out, Stop tolerating things from teams. Stop saying yes to things that I really didn't want to say yes to. And it's the the letting go, which always comes first before the taking on. If you want less pain, this is the way to do it. You've got to make room. And the more I made room, the better it felt. And then my life came together and finally also meeting the right partner for me. I'm here in Scottsdale, Arizona now with my husband, Brett, and uh, our eight-year-old twins. And life kind of all came together. And the, the business kept building, though. I rebuilt a whole other version of the company, and it, it got to a, a really great point. And then again, I had this creative cycle that I had to honor. And I think it's kind of a microcosm of, you know, almost like a, the seasons in the world that, like, I'll, like, power it up for a while. And I don't know if this is just women or, or you know, men can relate to this as well. But there's a period, you're into something, you're building it. And then it may be time for you to look at shifting it to sell. It may be time for you to look at shifting it to uh, a successor. And I think people go on too long. And those of us, especially who are creative, can hold on to these programs and the models that we've built and then end up feeling like it's built around us, that we're boxed into a new set of rules that were the ones we wanted to bust out from anyway. The whole point of this was freedom for me. And then I had built a different framework to live inside. And so it was a, a revelation of um, me talking you know, with my husband. We had some tough conversations. We decided that um, we would slow down for a bit, that I needed some time to really think about what I wanted. And it's been just this wonderful transformation in making space and allowing. And I think it relates so strongly to what's going on this year for a lot of people. It's often these external circumstances that we think are problematic or traumatic or, oh my God, the world's going crazy. 
But when you look at the last year, yes, some of us had external circumstances that affected our business. But for many of us, it was actually a time to really step into who we are and and decide how we were going to run the business. I mean, there's just so many ways to look at this. So I'll I'll leave it right there. But really that that big lesson for me was having the courage when everyone around me was saying, how, why would you why would you dismantle this company? Why would you shut this down? Like who who what are you going to go do now? Like who are you if you're not having these huge events and these giant coaching programs and I mean, everything I did was big. We had big events in Vegas. I mean, I'd hire acrobats to open the show. I mean, it was it was crazy fun. And before, a lot of people were doing this stuff. And it's been just a really incredible time of redirection where now I'm so clear what my genius is. I know exactly who I want to work with. And that opened up the room for my legacy play, which is the, which is the trust. I really love that. I think it's amazing that you can kind of feel this passion and this energy and this desire to want something different. And you mentioned, you know, feast or famine, you know, it's after the 1856 store, you couldn't do that. You can either go home, but you don't want to go back because you got too much pride. Like you don't want to show that you failed and you've got to fake it till you make it. Like you don't want to give in. And I think too many times, you know, the listeners out there and the viewers, you know, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, too many times we see great entrepreneurs quit early. They give in too fast. They're scared of that failure. They're scared to face reality that it may be tough. And that failure can actually be education or knowledge to get through something. And I that fear that they have of of, of not hitting their point is is it holds them back. And I feel like too many people quit too early or they chase money. They chase the wrong thing. You mentioned ramen noodles. I say that all the time. When you're running or building a business, you need to be paid the least amount in the company for a long time. Power Home Solar, we're booming, but I didn't get paid for 22 months. I kept reinvesting and eating ramen noodles, you know, SpaghettiOs, peanut butter and jellies. I mean, you have got to give back to your company and you shared that. So talk a little bit more in depth of about that mindset, that mantra of like giving back to your company and making sure that that everything and everybody's taken care of before you give to yourself. I think it's um it's important that we know that like the, in this next generation as well, like this whole Instagram generation, I, I, my, my, my fear is they have no idea what it takes to build a business. No idea. How many times that I couldn't go to events, like all my friends in New York were, you know, had, had these high profile jobs and I'm like living in this shitty apartment in the West Village eating noodles, right? And they're like, well, come to this thing in the Upper West Side, there'll be great guys there. And I'm like, I can't take out $20. Like, <laughs> I can't, I'm just living a different life. There's going to be, and I hate the word struggle. I don't want to say it was a struggle like because it never felt like, but you got to have some grit. You, you got to have some muscle with your hustle. Like, and, and I, I don't see a lot of that. I see people glamorizing it. I see people looking for that instant hit and they don't realize that, that so many hard decisions that you have to make as you grow. And that's where people get scared. So that, 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 that the money story was an internal decision it gets bigger and crazier when people see what you're doing, right? And people are judging what the moves they're seeing you make and if they think that's a good idea or not. This is just part of it. It's all part of it, but it's going to become part of your story. And so even today, when I'm making decisions and I'm just thinking like, oh man, like I'm betting on this one. And I just think this is still going to be part of my story. My story is not nearly over. I'm Jason Waller with True Underdog Podcast. Let me tell you about Policy Genius. You ready for some fireworks? No, no, no. I'm not talking about the ones that pop off outside your window till two in the morning. We're talking about fireworks you feel when you finally get life insurance coverage. That's right. There's no better time than now to apply for life insurance. 
because it's not just temperatures that are rising. Life insurance rates can go up each year you wait to buy. To properly provide for your family, most people need 10 times the life insurance coverage than they get through their employer. Now, right now, you can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius, over a dozen top insurers. You could save almost $1,300 per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare your policies. Getting started is easy. First, go to policygenius.com to get started now. Again, policygenius.com. Bam. This episode is sponsored by Podbean Advertising Marketplace. Podcast advertising is one of the most cost-effective ways to advertise your product or service. Just like you're hearing this, thousands of people could be hearing your ad. For much less than radio or other media, you can reach local listeners with podcast advertising. Podcast awareness and listening continue to rise. In fact, according to Edison Research, podcast listeners have grown by 29.5% since 2018. Chartable reports, podcast listeners tend to have significantly higher household incomes than the U.S. average, and they tend to be significantly more educated than the U.S. average. This is great news because you can run your own ads on podcasts easily for an affordable price with Podbean Advertising Marketplace. Set a daily budget cap, analyze results, and modify campaigns on the fly. And the best part is, these ads are highly targeted. Choose your location, city, state, county, and target by customer interest. Get into the ears of your perfect customer without blowing your budget. Go to podbean.com forward slash true underdog. That's podbean.com forward slash true underdog to start boosting your business with podcast advertising now. The process is super easy. Podbean can have a professional voice artist record the ad for you, or you can upload your own audio. Again, that's podbean.com forward slash true underdog to get your ads on podcasts just like this one. I love that. I think they don't talk about, we. I got some of the plaques and awards that I'm proud of. Inc. 500, EY, Entrepreneur of the Year, all the awards that we can win. You're right. Feels good. I'm kind of in that zone right now of what's going on. But I just had a show earlier and they don't give you the awards for the failure or falling flat on your face or being broke or not being able to make payroll one week or, you know, not being able to pay your mortgage. And I mean, having borrow from Peter to pay Paul to make things, keep the lights on, to keep the business running, you know, borrowing money to make sure that you can pay your vendor. I mean, all of this, you know, and you said that's, we can call it struggle. We call it whatever it is, but all of the lessons that we've got to go through and the struggles and the adversity we've got to overcome to give us that grit and be tough. They don't give you awards for that, but that's what leads to the other awards. That's what leads to that is all of that gets you those other awards. And, and that's what shines. That's why it'll, it'll take very, it will take a lot to shake me now. Like even last year, I think last year, just personally, I got shaken because I'm, I was never been fearful where the world was going before. And I'm like, what is this? What is going on? And more scary, like, why are people not thinking? Like I, that was where I was like, I had a problem last year with that. But then all the women I work with, and remember I run this network of like women with like seven and eight figure businesses. And, and I do mostly work with women. And so that's my unique perspective on things. And I'll tell you though, some of them had great years. Some of them had really bad years. But the thing we all agreed on this year, we're like, we are built for all seasons now, man. 
Like we're, un- we're so unstoppable this year. There's this new energy. There's this decisiveness in the air. There's people making moves now and they're ready. They're ready to meet in person. They're ready to do deals. They're so catch on to that energy right now because it is absolutely so powerful and be surround yourself also with people thinking this way. We've fallen into this incredibly myopic way of thinking and uh, not only in, in the world and in this country, but also between ourselves and our industries. So if you go to only industry events, I want to give a little wake up to that too. You need to make sure you're in rooms with different types of thinkers. Still go to those events. You can love those folks, but like get in different rooms with people who elevate your thinking, who raise your thinking. That old saying, and it's by Jim Rohn, and I still love it, that you're the average of the five people that you are around the most. It's really important to check in on that and strategically decide who do I want to be around because it is contagious. Yeah. Amen to that. So you're the founder and CEO of women's business empowerment company, We Lead. And you previously said less than 2% of women-owned businesses break the milli mark. Talk about that. It's, it's interesting because people always ask me, why is that? And I say, well, first of all, women in the timeline of history and business, we need to remember this is still pretty new, right? Like, like we all came into corporate in the seventies with the floppy ties and the pantyhose. And then like, and then the song nine to five that came out in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You remember that? And like, we came into corporate and we fit into these models. Right. And then now we're all breaking out. We're all leaving corporate in droves and starting an entrepreneurship. And so, you know, people squawk a lot about women's metrics not being the same and all that. And I say, you know what, there are some systems that I think need to be fixed. There are some incredible uh, injustices in the world that need to be adjusted. But women entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship is your way out. Entrepreneurship, like stop judging yourself within the matrix. This is your time to, to break out of that. And um, I think in the timeline of history, you know, we're, we're gaining ground quickly. Tech changed all that. I think this year, women were a little set back, especially it hit me as a mom this year. You know, I'm very blessed and, and I'm able to hire help for my kids when they were home, sent home from school and all this stuff. I don't know how most women business owners handled this year with kids when suddenly there's no school, your kids are here. And, um, you know, I think there was a little dip. And then we're going to be back, though, in just greater numbers. And here's why I know. So the Amex does this uh, annual State of Women-Owned Businesses report, and I I always get it. And actually, it's funny. They just didn't publish one for 2020. I don't know if they were just like, you know, (laughs) there wasn't one published. But the one, sorry, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. 2019. Okay, so the very last one they published, they shared that there are two fastest growing segments of women in business. The first fastest growing is the lower portion, like 25 grand and under a year. So we can assume that's part-time or they're really startup or like a, you know, a moonlight business. The second fastest growing is a million plus. So I really think we're not far off from really reaching those levels that we need to. And then, you know, another factor has honestly been the networks. I've been very lucky to be privy to programs like, like the EY one, um, like to other circles. And that's one of the reasons why my business now focuses on these level women, because I saw there's these elite circles you, you're very lucky to be invited into. And otherwise, you go to these events, and it's a lot of beginners. And, and no offense to them, them but like we, there's so many places for them to go. So I wanted to create spaces and coaching and consulting for the women at this level. And they love connecting with each other. It's so important. Yeah, I think I'm a big believer. I've got three daughters, right, and a son. And I go on record all the time saying that, and people argue with me and I'm like, no, this is the way it is. I've been in sales. I feel like I'm one of the best salespeople on the planet, but 
I've had my ass kicked a few times by some really top saleswomen. I think women can sell better than men. I think they can multitask better than men. And I think that that they could run a business better than most men if they have the opportunity and they're ready. I truly believe that. I, I'm not blowing smoke. I believe that. I've seen it. I've seen some women a lot smarter than men not get the chance. And it's like they work circles around them. My issue I have, and Grant Cardone and me talked about it recently on an episode, is I would have more leadership with, with females in my business if they would take the chance to apply for the job. But because men will fib a little bit or take a chance or, or risk more, you know, they're, they're more apt to, hey, I might not be qualified, but I'm going to go in there and try to wing it. They'll apply for a job and get it or roll that the female, she would have applied and maybe she has the same credentials, but doesn't feel like she needs to wing it because she's accurate. She's honest. There's integrity like uh, that job, the qualifications isn't me. I can't do it. Or that fear kicks in. They don't apply. So if I've got... 10 jobs I'm trying to hire for. Well, and I get, you know, resumes. I might get a hundred men. I might get 10 women. And, you know, a lot of the women are scared to interview for it because they feel like they're not qualified. And I just, I wish there was a way to really give that message out there that go in there and wing it like the guys do. Go in there and try. You don't know because we want to see more of that. We want, we want, I mean, and the, the good owners, the good entrepreneurs out there, the good leaders out there, we know what women are capable of doing. We got to empower them to get there, but they need they can't have that fear of of being so accurate and so scared to not get that job because that's what men do. And then and I, I struggle hiring people. I'm like, this guy couldn't do it. Why can't we get someone else in here? And I know that if a couple of the female resumes are, oh, I don't know if I could do it, won't come in for the interview. And it's like, they would have crushed it. Yeah, studies show this. So I'm, I'm going to back you up on that in that we're more risk averse. We're just wired that way. And men will apply for a position, even if it's a stretch, right? They'll say, oh, it's a stretch and a, a woman won't feel she's qualified. So this is where I want to shout out to everybody. You know, something we can all do right now is when you're hiring, you know, make sure that you're reaching out to people and say, you know, I would really love someone like this. Like we're actually open to a guy on our team. We're hiring right now for like a marketing director. I'm like, I think male and female balance each other so well. We need each other. We need the world needs both of our energies right now. And it's it's magical when you combine that. Just like as a couple, we work as a team and it's magical, my husband and I. And we bring different things to the marriage, we bring different things to our work. And um, you know, I think it's a great time for people to to really reach out and encourage those women because you know, I've always been I've always had the bravado, you know, I'll the one be the one going for the job and all that. And people ask me, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing this since I was born. That's just kind of how I am. You know? Right. That's and then what you you're realize, talking about. Yeah. yeah, I've been disrupting since 1971. And uh, then there's other you know, women who really need, they need someone to pat them on the shoulder and say, hey, I want you to apply for this. I, I think you'd be fantastic at this. I want you to go for it. And I've got your back. So it's, it's um, there's not an easy answer to any of these questions, but it, that is something that, that I think we should be aware of. Yes, I agree. I, I think that that message needs to get out there more. So I'm glad that you agreed with me on that. So the trust is a network for women entrepreneurs with businesses generating 1 million annually. That's super dope. Talk about the vision plus. of the trust. 1 million plus. Yeah. So what happened was, and, and how this happened, and it's a short story, Doran, is uh, as I was coaching these women, women would coach me privately. When I blew the whole business up, right, 2015, I'm like, I'm just going to coach the women I want to work with and, and get back on Zoom phone one-on-one and just go real deep with people. I don't these big programs and like a membership. And I just, I was, I had PTSD from like all this stuff. And I was like, ah. So they coached me for a year or two. Be like, oh my God, this has been so amazing. Thank you. Now, where do I go? 
And I'd send them out there and give them some recommended networks and circles. And they come back to be like, eh, I don't know. It just, it's not like you and the people you attract. And I'm like, you know, when there's an idea circling and you're just like, I don't have time for that. I wish someone would go do that. I wish I had somewhere to send these people. And I realized it was waiting for me. And so that's when I started the trust. And the trust is a network for women business owners who are they're generating a million plus right now. We have women they're doing up to 50 million a year. Averages about around 5 million. But you have to realize how unique that is to get in a room with all those only type of, of women generating those revenues because most of the networks out there are come one, come all. And again, that's great. But there's different conversations when you run a team of 50 people than you do when you're sitting next to someone looking for their first client. And so we bring in special guest advisors. We have special events and all kinds of stuff. It's jointhetrust.org if anyone would like to take a look. We have an event coming up in September. That's awesome. What about, you know, for, we talked about 2020 a little bit. Let's, let's dig a little deeper into that, that you mentioned before the show liberation, like people need to be, go into a mindset and the listeners and viewers out there, some own businesses, some have a job, some are driving to work right now and they can't stand what they do. And I'm a big believer is success is fulfillment. It's not how much money you make. It's not your title. It's not what it, it's not being famous. It is being fulfilled. And you mentioned being bored. And I think when a lot of people get to the top or they feel handcuffed that they had, they're boxed in, you get bored. So my therapist, I think everybody should have a therapist, has always said, you know, Jason, the bigger you get, the more money you make, the more depressed you're going to be because your circle gets small and you have nothing to chase. And I think that's so true. And I think that it's that way if you're handcuffed into a job you don't like or you're handcuffed to a relationship you shouldn't be in, you have nothing to look forward to. Everything's just the same. It's like the donut guy getting up, cooking the donuts. Life is the same, right? See, you remember that ad. Not everyone does. Thank you. I do remember that ad. That is donuts. Right. Yeah. It gets up. I mean, who wants to live like that? Right. So, you know, right. we have to find a way to take charge. I have a, a chapter in my book coming out called Create Your Own Map. It's our job to create that own map. And it's our job to make the decision on how we're going to live. And last year was a perfect example of that. Talk about some of the entrepreneurs maybe you've worked with or advice you would give the listeners out there of what to do and how to really impact and change or be liberated in their life. Oh, so much going on. I mean, let's look at two sides of this. There's the entrepreneur side if you have a business, but there's also, if you're still working a job, because I have a great story about that that just uh, happened yesterday. So from the entrepreneurial side, I have so many clients who from last year, the ones that had a really hard year were forced to disrupt themselves. And in the end, it was the biggest gift that anyone could hand them because they, they may have been doing all right, but they were not built for things to be disrupted they didn't realize that clients could have needed help in a certain, a different way. They got creative. It forced them to get creative because we all get comfy. You know, we get a little lazy. If like the track's working, we're keep the train on the track. There's no reason why mess with it, you know? And so it's an important time right now to look at like, well, if you haven't already, it's a little late to the game, but like last year, when you look at last year, I'll give it a quick example. One client of mine who's in the Northwest has a chain of physical weight loss centers. And, you know, you actually go in, you get on the scale, right? They, you, they, they keep you to it. You can't lie. And this just threw a wrench in everything because she, she was always resistant to doing, she's like, I don't want to do the online. And I just, I want them coming in. And, you know, they, they did it a certain way and it worked. People got great results. And then, then 2020 happened. So she was forced to implement now the online coaching, but also there was another little idea. And usually when I do these VIP days with clients, that's when they come in, we do a whole day together. We lock the door, turn off the phones and get the whiteboard out. I love that. And I love doing it for myself as well, because it's just all creative. They, she said, you know, there's this other idea I've had 
And, you know, we, we create these supplements and we just haven't had time to work on this, but we want to like white label them and sell these supplements to other offices, like chiropractic offices, doctor offices. I'm like, oh, that's incredible. So they jumped on that idea. And now in the last few years, their business, I'm sorry, since last year, now their profits are even higher. This whole new division of the business is passive income. They're closing down two of their centers because they don't, they realize they don't need to be paying rent and paying a person to sit there all day for someone to walk in. And they're building a house in Arizona now because they can move. She's like, I'm getting close in, to you, right? I'm moving. Were, right. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they were also, they were up in Seattle, which is just still going bazonkers and locked down. And, you know, they just, they just can't get it, get it going. And she's like, oh, we're coming down there. I'm like, it's a good place to be down here. So on the flip side, quick story yesterday, one of my clients, she does multiple million dollars a year with a, she's a coaching business actually for physicians and it's around mental health, which is a huge place right now that the doctors need to focus because they're overworked and they had a crazy year. But um, great story is like her husband came home and he's been working at home like for a year and getting kind of comfy. I think some of you have been really comfy working at home. And suddenly now the company announced that, by the way, in July, you all have to put on pants and come to the office, right? Hey, are, did you know I'm wearing shorts right now? Okay. Just, I don't, just I don't, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of the wake up call. I think for all these employees now are like, wait, you want me to come back? Like, can't we just keep doing this? I think you're going to see now a mass exodus of people who are like, well, maybe I could do something at home on my own. Maybe I could start an internet business. Maybe I could do what I'm doing, but consult. Maybe I could start that uh, part-time business that I've always had a dream for. Now is the time I'm telling you. And if you ever had a big idea, so many industries are being disrupted right now. I mean, everything from education to healthcare to uh, just, just so many transportation, just so many things. Now is the time for your idea to get out there. I use education as a great example because this year we ended up just pulling our kids out of school. I'm like, this is nuts. I don't know what's happening and we don't know who to believe and all this stuff. So let, let's just, let's homeschool you. You guys are eight. What could go wrong, right? Like, <laughs> if you know how to read, what, write, and do math. Like, what can go yeah, what wrong? Can go wrong? And um, it ended up being the most incredible experience. And now I'm looking into like, are there like entrepreneur schools for elementary aged kids? And I'm sharing some ideas with someone else and we're percolating, right? And I don't know if I'll end up doing this, but just when you see problems that need to be solved, when you see opportunities like this, don't, they're coming into your awareness for a reason. They're, they're there for a reason. I'm sure with you, Jason, like the whole solar thing, that kind of came to you in a way, like you knew you're like, this is here. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to move on this, even with some big competitors. And nobody believed in me. Everybody's like solar in North Carolina, solar in Michigan. Like, yeah, like, why not? Why not? Yeah. So don't, don't look at all the, I know there's a lot of craziness and you need to shut off the news, pay attention to what's going on in business, but spend time with yourself, get, get creative and think, you know what, if I were forced right now, even if you're in a job or you're in a business right now that's making money, if this was cut off right now and, and I had money to start a business, okay, if money's the issue, just pretend you have the money, what would you do? Where would you, where would you go? What, what could this look like? What could your life go like? I have two clients moving to Puerto Rico right now because of the tax incentives there. They decide to pick up their kids and move. Now is that time for you guys to, to start thinking this way because there's it's actually, we're actually entering a, a new golden age right now. People don't see it. There's a lot of mess to get through, but I think you're going to see a lot of reinvention and we can be a part of that. I love that. That's so exciting. So how can the listeners and viewers out there follow you, get in tune to with what you're doing and what you've got going on coming up? Yeah. Instagram's my happy place. We blew up Twitter. I hate Twitter. Um, it's toxic. 
Um, <laughs> it, is, it is toxic. It is I toxic. I blew it up. My team's like, are you sure? I'm like, yep. And um, so Instagram is my happy place. My podcast is called Glambition Radio. I would have had you on, Jason, but I do interview women. Sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah. Hey, I got a good connection of women like Heather Monahan. And have you had her on yet? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. I know her, but yeah. Melissa Carcacci I had on today. She's good. Yeah. We just had on Dana Perino from Fox News, former White House correspondent. We have had on Suzanne Summers. We've got some high profile women. So it's Glambition Radio. AllieBrown.com. And uh, yeah, be in touch. We have some great events coming up, coaching, uh, a lot of interesting things. So drop me a note if you're interested. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your energy, your passion, your stories, and empowering women out there to take it to the next level. Bam! And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Bam! 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 True Underdog. Bam! 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 Bam